in order to be able to survive a tornado, you have to become the eye of the storm. You have to be able to sit in the center of the tornado and be present, but don't move out of that circle because that's when the tornado will rip you apart. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, welcoming you back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. Oh, wow. Do I have an incredible guest for you today? This episode is coming out at a very interesting time uh, in the US. It is election day. All my American listeners, I hope you're out there voting, doing your civic duty. And I know many of you may be listening to this after the fact or maybe outside of the US, but no matter where in the world you are, I think we can all agree that this year has been a shit show. People have been on edge all year long, and it kind of feels like tensions are coming to a head with this election. And so for today's episode, I wanted to offset some of that chaotic energy and bring you a peaceful, caring, loving guest, somebody I truly admire. We have the magnificent Shaman Durek on the pod today. For anyone who doesn't know Shaman Durek, he is a sixth generation shaman and author of the bestseller Spirit Hacking. He is known for bringing spirituality to the masses and has been sought after by tech giants, celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, and even has a reoccurring role on the doctors to help demystify spirituality and help people live consciously and authentically. I first heard Shaman Durek actually on a different podcast around the time I was developing this show and was completely blown away by him. I mean, I remember thinking, one day I'm going to get him on my podcast. And I can't believe today is that day. You guys will hear it in the interview. I was actually so nervous and kind of geeking out in an almost embarrassing way. So I'm going to just apologize for that off the jump. And while we definitely touch on spirituality and wellness in this show, I want to preface that we're taking it deep this week. I mean, you'll see, but there's like no BS with Shaman Durek. He likes to get to the heart of things. And he has such a deep knowledge of history and religion and what makes us tick. And we get to tap into a lot of different things in this episode. We're going to talk about the energy that we've all been experiencing this year, female intelligence, how to move from conflict and chaos to love, why we all need to rehumanize each other, and how to heal and let go of our individual wounds that only hold us back. He even gives me a little personalized healing session at the end, which was wild. I think it's like the first time I've ever teared up on this show. So yeah, needless to say, this is a little different from our typical episodes, but one I hope you enjoy and one I hope gives you a little energetic boost. So with that, let's kick things off, guys. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guys, you know I'm kind of skincare obsessed, and that's why I am so proud to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that connects you with a real live dermatologist online who can prescribe you products to meet your skincare needs. Prescription skincare is 
honestly where it's at, but it can be hard to get and it's usually pretty expensive and time consuming to physically go see a dermatologist. So apostrophe makes it easy and affordable to see that board certified dermatologist online. I mean, I'm in my 30s now and I've been curious about retinols and other prescription treatments for fine lines. And so I booked a little consultation through apostrophe and I can't get over how easy the entire process was. I didn't have to find a doctor that took my insurance. I did everything on my time in my PJs at home and I had a prescription grade retinol sent directly to my door. That's another great thing about apostrophe. I love how I didn't have to go to the pharmacy during a pandemic to get my prescription. It was bottled and shipped straight to me, which was awesome. So if you want to try apostrophe, get your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com for only $5 when you use your code BKP. Now this code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, all you have to do is head to apostrophe.com, click begin visit, then use the code BKP at sign up and you're going to get your dermatology visit for five bucks. I mean, that's what you would spend in gas just going to a regular derm. So again, that's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com apostrophe.com and use that code BKP to get your dermatology visit for only five bucks. And I want to give a big, big thank you to apostrophe for sponsoring this show. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be staring into the screen right now at Shaman Durek. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Oh my gosh. The honor is all mine. Guys, I am like geeking out over here. I'm trying to keep it cool. Sean, Derek, you are so inspiring. Um, For anybody who doesn't follow you um, on Instagram, you totally should. But tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about what a shaman is. I feel like a lot of people just think of a shaman as like their friend who did an ayahuasca trip and like went to see a shaman. So give us a little uh, rundown on like what, what it is that you do and all the good stuff. Yes. So shamanism is not just about taking ayahuasca. That's something that some shamans do administer. But uh, a core, the core of shamanism is about relationships. So if you think about our world and you think about how we interact with each other, we don't really act when what we call true conscious relationship. We interact in relationships as it suits to our emotions and to the things that we want to get out of life. But we don't acknowledge all of the other things that we're actually in relationship with, such as food. Um, our environment, our community, our family, our ancestors, nature, our bodies, and the energies that we're experiencing around us. And so in shamanism, the way we train, we learn, we get into anthropology, sociology, understanding of of human dynamics, uh, the understanding of how the brain interacts with the world based on like intense, aggressive um, energies versus more lesser um, energies, which is much more calmer and much more um, at peace. And how does that affect human nature? How does that affect nature? How does that affect the animals? And how does that affect us in our sustainability and our ability to thrive on planet Earth? So that's the basis of shamanism. Now, the other things that you see in shamanism, such as in indigenous cultures, that's based on each person's culture, be it if you're a shaman from from the Sami people in Norway, or if you are a shaman from the Eskimo tribe, the Native American tribe, uh, the Polynesian tribe, the, the Filipino tribe, the African tribe, the Peruvian tribe, the Mexican tribe, or the Mongolian tribe, and there's so much more. It just depends. Yeah, so they'll think of Peruvian shaman and Mexican shamanism, but they're not aware of the diverse cultures of shamanism that exist on the planet and where the roots of a lot of these things that you see people doing from massage to stone therapy to sweat lodges to sweating in general to any type of therapy that you see that's out there is coming from a lot of these different traditions and cultures. And so for me, taking shamanism into the context of our life. Because a lot of times what I find very interesting is that you get all these spiritual people, but it's a little too woo-woo for me. Because it's like, it's one thing to walk around with crystals and do all these things, but 
you know, what are you doing it for? Because is it making the kids more healthier and happier, dealing with less stress and anxiety? Is it helping women be able to have more time for themselves, not feeling overburdened, burnt out because their families and their, their friends and everyone is pulling on them a thousand miles a minute? Is it allowing you to, to what we call to adapt to what's happening in the present situation, such as the things we're dealing with on the planet right now? And does it allow you to be able to create um, what we call substantial um, balance within the well-being of your family that goes into like uh, prosperity, how your family is being able to thrive? Do they have what they need? Are you able to continue to expand into success into greater levels? So I've taken shamanism out of just the context of you know, what human beings have really associated themselves to when they pick up anything around shamanism. It can be a little like banging drums and, you know, burning sage and, you know, all this kind of stuff to bringing it into a more of a functional place within today's society. So I brought it to the doctors. I brought it to the biohackers. I brought it to the moms. I brought it to the businessmen, the CEOs, the tech companies, the major um, Fortune 500 companies, to the royal family, to celebs, to, you know, to engineers, to coal workers, to people who are, um, you know, making weaving baskets and everything and really find the common thread of how we can utilize the knowledge and information in shamanism by kind of juicing it for the good stuff, juicing the Bible for the good stuff, juicing everything for the good stuff, and then putting it in front of people and saying, look, I got this amazing buffet of intelligent information that could actually help you with your life. And you get to decide what you want. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And that's actually... that that. It makes me think of me preparing for this interview is I'm like, you have such a buffet of knowledge and things to talk about. And I, I was it, I was overwhelmed just being like, oh my God, I have an hour to try and milk you or juice you for yeah. as much info as I can. Um, okay, so I that is amazing. And I kind of want to give people a little bit of background because you are somebody... You, it wasn't like you were working a corporate job and you fell into shamanism like when you were 35. Like you were kind of born into this. Give us yes. a little background. Yeah, so my family... So I have two sides of my family. So on my dad's side of the family, they come from uh, Ghana and from Haiti. And then on my mother's side of the family, they're West Indian and Norwegian. And so I grew up having ancestral on my dad's side and on my mom's side in the spiritual world. So on my dad's side was the shamanic side from the Yoruba tribe in Africa. And then on my mother's side, all the way, like way back, like even the Norwegian people like found my, my, my heritage that I had family members because of the Viking blood that had abilities to, you know, to work with herbs and to do healings and to be able to support um, the development of people and so forth. And so, so for me, I've had it on both sides. So when I was a kid, I was already born into these energies. The only difference was my father was walking away from it and wanting to be more modernized and wanting to be more accepted because growing up for him was difficult because he wasn't really accepted because my grandmother and my grandmother's family members were practicing shamans. And so when you have that kind of, you know, it's kind of like you're in a world and you're taught all these things from Africa and from Haiti and how to help people and how to, to, to talk to the spirits and stay close to the ancestors. But then, you know, you're not, it's not very acceptable in society. So what they did was they hid it in Catholicism. So they practiced Catholicism and shamanism. And then my grandfather was like, let's move over to Seventh day Adventist and push the shamanism away. And that's when my dad decided to stop training as a shaman with my grandmother and walked away and became Seventh-day Adventist. And I don't know if you know about Seventh-day Adventist. Basically, it's, it's the same thing as following the holy days. The only difference is we believe in Jesus. And so growing up with both sides, the shamanic side and the Seventh-day Adventist side, and really wanting to understand religion, wanting to understand shamanism, and really not looking at it from who's telling me the truth or what is the right perspective. But there was only one right perspective I found in anything I've ever studied or anything I've ever gotten into. And I've been to Christian school. I studied the, the Bible upside down, leftwards and sideways, you know, from Deuteronomy to Corinthians to the book of Acts to you name it. I know everything about the Bible. But the thing is, is that I studied the Quran as well. And I lived in Israel for four years and studied the Torah and the Talmud and went to synagogue. And when I was in Turkey, was going to mosque and was, you know, doing the whole thing, bowing to Mecca, doing all their, their ceremonies to understand how they see God. 
And what I found in all of it, even shamanism and everything else that I studied, is that the only thing that matters is love. And so when I take out all the stuff that is not based in love, I see all the other stuff as connected to human nature. Human beings cannot and do not have the right to take God in its omnipresent, omnipresent, and omniscient presence, which is pure power beyond anything we could ever imagine, and then take it and whittle it down into a very insecure, angry, frustrated, judgmental, if you don't pray to me, if you don't do this, there'll be consequences. That's a very lower form species who lives in fear of not getting what they want. And that means that God has ego and God has emotional issues and God has to be above us. So we have something to thrive, to go into, to, to develop ourselves or to, to evolve into. And so this is um, a really important thing. And so when I, when I started studying and looking at all these, these ideas and these concepts, I said to myself, wow, you know, if people can't see the truth, that Jesus was talking about. If people can't see the truth that Muhammad was talking about. If people can't see the truth that it's not about these, all these fear-based things that I think men have manipulated into religion, into spirituality for the purpose of subjugating women, which has great women have higher intelligence than men. I, you know, and I don't, I, if there's men who listen, I just want to say why, because a lot of times men will say, well, why do you say that Derek? Well, the reason why is because women haven't overdeveloped amygdala. That means that you have an overdeveloped amygdala. That means that you can sense danger before danger comes your way. And that means that you're able to see quantumly. So not only are you perceiving with your emotions, you're perceiving for the community. So you're not looking at yourself as me, 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 like men do. We're like, oh, okay, fill us up. Tell us how amazing we are. Tell us how great we are. Tell us how amazing we are in bed. Tell us how amazing we are doing this. Well, we bring the money. We bring the bills, you know? Whereas women are looking at community looking at children, looking at the structure of community, that's what helps us to thrive. So when you have someone who's operating from a me perspective versus women who operate from a we perspective, that's greater intelligence and shamanism. So again, I decided I'm going to basically help people focus on one thing, not rules, however, love. Oh my gosh. I, there's so much in there. And, I, and I'm going to isolate that clip where you just said women uh, have more intelligence than men and play it for my fiance after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the way women think. Women, you know, I, I, I ran these tests for four years. We found out that when men walk into a room, they're looking more about what, what they can get, what's in that room. What's the purpose? Is it food? Is it because I'm here to meet someone? Why am I here? right? A woman walks into the room. The first thing she does is sense everyone's energy. Look at where the exits are. Is what's going on in the environment? Is the environment safe? What is, what is the environment made up of? And then what is going on with the people in that environment before she focuses on herself? So the idea is then she turns towards the man and looks at what's going on with him. So it's very interesting when you, when you go in, so what I would do is I'd ask the women after they come out and the men when they come out of the test, what did you notice in that room or in that bar or in that cafe? And what they, it was so interesting. So men did not notice the colors on the walls, the, hmm. the, the decorations, how the chairs were placed. They didn't know who was where in the, in the restaurant. They didn't know if there were negative people in the corner or if there were positive people to whatever. So anyone could have been negative and could have taken them out and they would have never known it coming. Whereas the women knew where, the, where people's behaviors were, what was going on in the conversations based on the energy she was feeling, where the emergency exits were, where was, what was going on in the kitchen, how many people were cooking food in the kitchen, how many uh, waitresses were working on the floor. She, they noticed where the bathrooms were. The men didn't even know where the bathrooms were. They would have to ask. The women already scoped it out on their way to the table. So this is what I mean when I say, because in shamanism, we face intelligence on the ability to adapt and the ability to thrive and the ability to sustain. So in our world, we base intelligence on academics, how much money you make, how much possession you have 
how many people you know, how popular you are, and how good you may sound. That is not intelligence. That is a people-pleasing party. Intelligence is being able to use information that supports the people. That's what intelligence is. I kind of want to get into that a little bit because it's interesting that this interview is taking place at this time right now. The day that this is going to air is going to be election day. And I feel like if someone was going to walk into the room that is our country, like what they would notice is the energy is like so divided. Like I feel like it is, there's so much division happening right now and there's, it's a really intense energy. I'm interested like why you think that that is and like how we can navigate it because it can be really overwhelming. Well, I mean, it's overwhelming if you put your attention onto the idea of what you think is right and wrong. I mean, everything that's overwhelming in life is based on your opinions, right? Opinions make things overwhelming. Opinions make stress and anxiety because the idea of you wanting something to be something that you that it's not is what overwhelms people. Change overwhelms people, okay? Mm-hmm. The idea of having to deal with something they're not comfortable with, or should I say the unknown, it overwhelms people. What we have to ascertain from this experience right now is to get out of the human discord. Human beings have been just playing this game out. I can't begin to tell you how many history books I've read and how many history teachers I've had to ask the same question over and over again, which is, why am I in this history class? Uh, You have to be, Mr. Brett. Okay, (laughs) then why are we learning how to stop the nonsense that we keep playing out uh, error after error after error of of our evolution on this planet, we keep creating division, we keep having war, we keep choosing war as a resolution of power or justice, we keep operating from the field and the consciousness of, I have to have mine before yours, or I have to get my, or I have to take you out so I can have mine. We're not operating in, in emotional intelligence, collective resourcing, a micro funding for women to build because women can see community. So giving, putting the money back in women's hands. We're not operating in the idea of social connection uh, through culture and race, meaning people integrating and connecting and learning about each other's cultures and race. We're not helping creating a, a way for children to be able to find out more about themselves versus go into a school system that tells them how to think, tells them how smart they are based on tests that are really irrelevant to the human development because human development isn't only through intellect. It's also through um, emotional context, emotional um, perception, how someone communicates colors, sound frequencies in their environment can change the whole way a, a human being can actually learn and understand through the knowledge of what they're receiving and the aptitude of how they receive that information through their modus operandi. So the idea of the way that we are operating and projecting success based on material, based on buying things, consumer, we build technology, we build everything to make us codependent and obsolete. We destroy our own resources. We kill our own natural environments, making it toxic for us to be able to breathe, eat, and be able to maintain sustainable amount of nutrients in the soil for us to be able to grow food that is actually has nutrient food, whether it's not nutrient dense to the point where our body can't receive anything. We change, we chemicalize our food process, which is creates a hodgepodge of nonsense in our body. Then we get allergies, we get um, breakouts, we get uh, gas. We get um, uh, inflammation in the body. Uh, we, we get alopecia. We get psoriasis. We get cysts in the ovaries, prostate cancer, ovarian cancer, breast cancer, all because we keep misusing the biological spacesuit that we've been given to be able to carry out our lives because we keep putting satellites, technology that emits radiation that over a period of time breaks down our cells, making our cells and our immune system weak, making us susceptible 
to more things that are affecting what we call aggressive attacks, as we say in shamanism, aggressive attacks upon the system, which makes the system feel it's always under attack. And now you have anxiety, mental disorders, um, your body starts heating up um, your spine um, in and around your nervous system. So now you're getting Alzheimer's, you're getting all kinds of uh, fog in your brain, your brain health isn't as, as optimized as it should be. So your memory loss is happening. You can't even remember a person's name that you were talking to only about five minutes ago. You, 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 it changes your, your retina, your, your ocular nerve. So you start losing color definition. You start getting all kinds of things like glaucoma and all kinds of um, spots in the eyes. And I mean, the list goes on. Cornea breakdown. <laughs> Why? Because we people keep feeling like we have to fight for our righteousness versus choose love and cooperation and communication and engagement to learn about the other person. And how do we create an association of collective resource to benefit our species? See, we haven't gotten there because the leaders of our world, they all think as men individually focusing on themselves. It's individually focusing on asset and property and power. They're not thinking about the people. And that's a problem. You look at people like Helen Keller. She went through all her stuff, blind, deaf, can't do anything. But she didn't say, oh, I'm going to heal. I'm going to learn how to function in my world and be all about me. No, she decided I'm going to function about me and then share that with other people who are blind and deaf so that they can function in their world. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not resource sharing. We are only making hoarding and going, you're wrong, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm right. And I just, as a shaman, it's not my, it's not my position to involve myself in the shenanigans of human discord. Real quick, have you heard about Rothy's? Rothy's makes stylish, sustainable shoes and bags carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastics. Guys, plastics are a huge problem in our environment. And to date, Rothy's has transformed over 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. And thanks to their seamless knit-to-shape design, Rothy's are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period. I actually just got the Chelsea style and have been living in them. They go with everything and are a great like transitional shoe for some of the colder months ahead. There are so many styles to choose from, but I get so many compliments every time I wear those. Oh, and I love that you can just pop them in the washing machine to keep them white and pristine looking because that's right, Rothy's are machine washable. They also come with free shipping and free returns. So, I mean, you really can't go wrong here. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash BKP. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash BKP. It's where style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash BKP today. I, everything you're saying, I'm just like nodding. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And I feel like, I feel like people are picking up on this and getting frustrated. And they're like, there has to be a better way. Like, I, I feel like that's just been my whole kind of thoughts through 2020. I'm like, how are, how did, are we here? Like, there has to be a way out of this. And, and there's something you said in there when you're, it, the polarization piece where we're so like, resource driven and it's us versus them. I mean, I feel like that is such like a huge thing going on right now. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, because I think this is a message that all of us need right now is like, how can we rehumanize each other? Like, how can we look at the other person who's on the other spectrum and actually like connect with them? Because we are all sharing this planet together. And I feel like right now it's, we're almost like, I know a war path, I feel like. The thing, I mean, think of it like this, right? So if we think of it like this, 
if we as human beings are operating in this very singular way of looking at life, this idea that it's me versus you, and I have to have it before you do, because if not, I'm not going to survive, right? So then if we look at that, let's look at the context of human development. Human beings develop by a structure of what we call intellect. A structure of intellect means that it's either your mom or your dad who are taking whatever they know and sharing that intellect with you, which builds your first structure. Shows you how much room you have to be able to expand your own intellect. Now, if their intellect is not capable of acknowledging emotional intelligence, a conflict resolution, how to deal with stress, how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with things, how to speak your truth, how to stay authentic to yourself, that structure is frayed. It's, 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 it's what we call a dysfunctional structure. So in order for us to be able to interact with other people in what we call an engagement, so I used to do a lot of stuff, mediation between like Muslims and Israelis, and I did that for a lot of portion of my life, where I'd go to countries that were in war and I would speak on behalf of getting them both to sit down and have a conversation. And I remember I was doing one in Turkey where we had a room of, one side of the room was all Jewish women, all um, women who were Jewish, and the other side were all women who are Muslim. And they wouldn't talk to each other. And so I realized that the structure that they were built with was the idea that they both want to kill each other. And so they have nothing to say to each other. So what I had to do was find a common thread structure that would relate to both individually and collectively. And I found being a mother, being a daughter. And the moment I mentioned being a mother, being a daughter, and opened up the conversation for that, everyone started talking to each other. Like one woman would say one thing about what it was. Another woman from the other side would be like, I go through that too, you know? And like all of a sudden it became this amazing connection. And then they started building from that foundation to other things that they had in common that they didn't realize they had in common because they were so busy looking at the lack, the limitation and the fear of not knowing the other culture or not understanding them because they have their own, what I told you, Mm -hmm. built identity. Okay. The built identity is an illusion on our planet that our system uses against us by making us hold strong to it, by creating conflict and chaos for us to be righteous about what it is. If we got out of the righteousness and got more into the place of the heart, being present in the heart, how do we engage? When I moved in Israel, when I lived in Palestine, when I lived in Turkey, I didn't go in there as the American guy who grew up riding a skateboard and hanging out on the beach with my friends and going and being living back and forth in Hawaii. And all every word out of my mouth was like, brother, dude, yeah, you know, that's so rad, you know, and going from that mentality of growing up in a very white neighborhood with an upper class family and going to country clubs and playing tennis and doing all these things to going into a war place, you know, where people never experience anything like that. How do I relate? First thing I did was erase everything I knew. Everything I thought I knew and everything that I believed that what was righteous and right or whatever it was, I suspended and walked in there. Like as if you ever seen the movie Star Trek, one of my favorite scenes in Star Trek is they have this, um, where they go to another planet, they have a prime operative. The prime operative is you cannot bring your information to their planet and force it upon them. You have to learn about their culture, their food, their beliefs, the way they eat, the way they think until they feel that you understand them. And then they open themselves up to learn about your culture and learn about you. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I did. And so I went in there and I embraced them 100%. And then all of a sudden they started opening up and saying, what's it like growing up in California and Hawaii? What is this? What is that? And then they started trusting me. And then they started inviting me to speak on on issues. And so, again, if you think about it, right, because here's the thing, like when I grew up in America, I grew up in a world where my father told me all of the racism that he's had to put up with from being close to getting lynched to, you know, going through all these difficulties. And I grew up always having to negotiate my reason for existence. If I was at a friend's house and their mother lost a ring, I was the first one they went to and said, where is it? If I was at school and a teacher was saying something, I was the, always the one who was, who was treated unfairly 
because of the color of my skin. If I said that I, I had money, they thought I stole it. If I, so it was, I was never under, I was never given the space of, I trust you, I love you, I see you, and I know you're a good person. I was always under the blanket of, you're not a good person because you're black. And that's what I learned about you. Black people steal, black, black people are angry, black people are this, black people are that. So first thing I had to do was really understand that, the mentality, and realize that I'm spending most of my life negotiating my, my reason for existence. You know, And so, but do I get mad at it? No. Why? Because the moment I get mad at it is the moment that the system that wants to keep me segregated, wants to keep me feeling like I don't matter and I should just get off the planet and die because there's nothing here that represents me, is going to win. So the thing is, what I did was not buy into what was being projected at me and saw every single person as an opportunity to educate them and give them love. Yeah? So instead of getting mad at them, instead of going like, I can't believe you would say something like that, or like when when I get on an elevator and a woman would hold her purse, I would turn to her and say, I'm not here to hurt you. And that's not what we do. And I really hope you take some time to think that that's not what we do. You don't have to hold your purse every time a black person gets on an elevator. And she's like, oh my God. And then she would start talking to me and she's like, and she would feel like, I'm like, I'm not even mad at you about it. Like, I get it. You know, like, I get it. You know, you were born into this system that trained your brain to think this way. And this is not how it is, you know? And so once I got from that place, that's why when I see everything happening right now, I know what's happening right now. They want to separate us because face it, when people of my color, of dark skin color and light skin color, such as you come together, there's power. And so when we come together, we make things happen. We start talking to each other and getting deep with each other and going into places you never even would have thought you would have went into because I have these deep roots that I start getting into the way you see the world and we start sharing our views. We become such a power source. They don't want that. They don't want that. Because that means that then we can't be controlled because we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, Let's have pay some people to kill some black people. Let's get the black people riled up again. Like them focus on the pain that they have never gotten under, that never got healed from. Let's dig into that wound again. Let's make white people feel bad again. And let's create the whole division again. And the idea is to keep people in a perpetual place of chaos. Because if you remember Caesar, where they take all their gameplays from, made this statement, which is in my book, and it's called Circuses and Bread. And the the statement is, give them the arena, give them chaos, give them violence, give them distraction, and they'll never know what the Republic does. Because as long as you can keep people in a frenzy, focusing on righteousness between each group, you're right, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right, you're right, you're wrong. All of that is smoking mirrors Mm -hmm. so that they can just slide right by you and you don't even see it because you're too busy trying to prove a point. So of course they're going to put people in office who are rallying things up. Of course they're going to make it, uh, broadcast it through media. Of course they're going to paint whatever picture they want on people. Do you know media is the biggest liar? I am a part of the royal family. Do you know how many horrible things they say about me and my future cousin, Megan and Harry? You know, do you know how many things they talk about us? Me and Megan, Megan's like this, she's like this, she's like that, she's evil, she's this, she's that. Shaman Durek is like this. Who does he think he is being with the princess of Norway? Who does he think he is being with the royal family? Who does he think he is? Da-da-da-da-da. He's a thief, he's a liar, he's this, he's that. They will paint every ugly picture in the press about me so that they can make sure that I never come to a place where people feel comfortable with me. So that way it riles people up. This is the game that's being played right now on us on earth. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people to do is just to stop reacting, make yourself a nice cup of tea, Mm -hmm. and just observe the the masquerade ball. 
just observe. Like you're going to a party. You're like, oh, we're at the Greek theater. Here we go. Let's take a look at this. How fascinating. Look at them. Look at that. And you just hold your place of love. So for those who want to come out of the, of the war and out of the thing and get healing, you're there to provide the wisdom. You're there to provide the sustenance. You're there to provide whatever is necessary. But you do not get caught up in the nonsense. That's what they want. You pull your energy into your kids, into yourself, into your family, into business, into health, into thinking positive, into creative ideas, into lovemaking, into just soul talks and having great friends and connections, but not into the chaos because that's all they need to rile everyone up so they can keep us enslaved. And that's not okay. So, uh, oh my gosh. So I, I love that. And I, I th- how accurate. I mean, we are at a fucking masquerade ball right now. I mean, we it's are. chaos. It's chaos. Yeah, I'm like this. I'm like, oh, I go, look at that over there, my darling. Did you see that? Yeah. Sometimes though, like in this situation, I'm like, I want to be doing more. Like I, I want to be like a force for good. And is it enough to just sit with yourself and just be the individual? Um, okay. First of all, the act of doing good or the act of being a force of good does not come from action. It comes from thinking, feeling, and being present. You don't have to take an action unless you're led by spirit to take an action, but the action has to benefit the evolution of our planet. It cannot be, I'm taking an action to prove a point. I'm taking an action because I want to make this world a better place for everyone. It's all-inclusive love. So until you get a feeling that I'm going to take action and it's going to be for all-inclusive love, don't move. Because the idea of true evolution or the ability to move out of these chaoses is when enough people pull their power away from the nonsense and realize that in order to be able to survive a tornado, you have to become the eye of the storm. You have to be able to sit in the center of the tornado and be present, but don't move out of that circle because that's when the tornado will rip you apart. You just observe. And that eye of the storm will eventually make the tornado go down and go down until it is completely gone. So we have to realize that the part of you that says, well, I should be doing something. And if I'm not, I'm not a good person. If that's how you claim yourself as a good person or not a good person, you're completely off to begin with. If your idea of good is based upon those things, and not based on the idea of how you think and how you choose to perceive, Mm -hmm. how you choose to add value to life by the way you think and perceive, and you're basing it only on action, then you're missing the whole point. Because there are monks to this day who sit in the mountains every day and hold peace for the world. They're doing amazing things on that mountain. People can say, oh, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. Well, you know, there's a saying in the Bible which I love. And it's when Mary was cooking in the kitchen and the other Mary was laying at the feet of Christ, Jesus. And the other Mary came out of the kitchen. She was so upset. And she said, what are you doing laying at the feet? What are you doing? You're not doing anything. I'm in the kitchen trying to prepare food and get everything ready and so forth. And Jesus turned to her and said, she is accomplishing more here than you are in there. Because when you sit with spirit, and you sit in love, and you sit in grace, and you sit in knowing that we shall overcome these things. You are holding the greatest light source on the planet Hmm. as you for all of your brothers and sisters. Now that is power. I think that is such an important thing to like sit with and take in right now, especially for some reason while you were describing that, I was even thinking of there's been so many instances this year where I feel like people have felt the need to take action. Like I was just thinking back to like the black squares uh, when everyone like felt the need to post a black square and like mm-hmm. you almost were like, I have to show this action or people are going to assume I'm not a, a good person. And it was like this frenzy and you're right. It like completely missed the whole point. And so I love that. And I, I want to take the pressure off of people to think that they have to do these things. Like what you're saying is sitting in the peace and holding it for people is like all you need to do. I love yes. it. I love it. 
Oh, so good. So good. One thing too, and I, and I want to move on to other topics too, but while while we're sitting here with, you know, the crazy state of the world right now, um, you know, at the end of today, after this election day is over, half the country is going to feel one way and half the country is going to feel another way. And I know that there's going to be people out there that are upset, that are shocked because we are so polarized and it is kind of a situation where we don't know is going to happen. And for the people who are hurting at the end of this, like, I would love to hear like what you, what your message would be for them, or maybe like a way to kind of heal from this for people who might be thinking that the world is ending. Yeah. So they got to trust God. They have to learn to trust God. Like your circumstances on the human nature is like a small, tiny blip in the bigger picture that God has for all of us. And if you're thinking that one person in office is actually going to affect the, the end of the world, then you don't really trust God because it's not based on one person. And not only that, most of the things that people think the presidents do are not what they do anyway. The people who actually make the choices for what laws and so forth that we have is the ones who get voted. It's like what, every two years, it's the House of Representatives. Okay, they're the ones who are making the decisions. The presidents are like the figureheads. They're like, hi, yeah, okay. And then they tell them what to do. And then they say yes. And then they try to push things through or not. But it go, but it won't, if it doesn't get through that, it doesn't go anywhere. And here's the reality of it all, to be honest. Every single thing, when people say to me, oh, I can't believe, I have, I am a person who doesn't sit and choose sides because I'm here to stay in a neutral plane of observing and supporting all sides. I have friends who, who are Republicans. I have friends who love Trump. I have friends who loved being a Democratic. And when they talk to me, I'm not here to say you're right or you're wrong. I simply say, well, you're entitled to believe whatever you want to believe. But the most thing I would ask you to always remember is to stay in your heart. Mm. And so the key element is one woman said to me, I can't stand that Trump's in office and did it. And I said, really, darling? I said, because Trump has been the best thing for you this year. She goes, what do you mean? What do you, how could you say such a thing, Shaman Durek? I mean, are you kidding me? I said, no, I'm not kidding you. You've been talking about starting a women's empowerment uh, leaders group for as long as I've known you, which has been five years, and you haven't lifted one finger, not one. Now Trump comes into office. And you got your LLC, you're already setting up your first meeting, you got your office space for the women to meet. Now, why did that happen when Trump came into office? Oh, let me remind you. The reason why is because he's here to stir you up. He's here to make America stop lying. Now, I'm not saying he's the most amazing guy, and I'm not saying everyone else is amazing guy. As a matter of fact, the only amazing person there is, is the person who sees love for all people and wants the best for all people, all colors, all races, all sexual preferences, everything. That to me is a true leader because that's a leader who's, uh, who's leading love as the anthem for our survival as a species on this planet. Anyone else has any kind of like wishy-washy sides? I just say that they're there to play a role for a certain energy. Ever since Trump came into office, we have now been taking all the sediment under the rug, all the lies, all the things we have been hiding. One woman said to me, I'm so angry, Commandurk. I'm so angry. And my husband's angry too. I said, no, you guys were angry before Trump. The thing was, now you're just giving yourself permission to be angry because now someone, now you can say, this is the reason why I'm angry. Let's look at the truth, America. Are we going to continue to pretend when you walk down the street and someone says, hey, how are you doing? You're like, great, fine, thank you, wonderful. Have a nice day, <laughs> liar. You know good and well you are not okay. But why do you pretend to say that you are? Because you've been taught to be a liar since the day you were born. Mm. You were taught to choose classes in school to make your parents happy. You were taught to choose relationships and stay in dysfunctional relationships because you don't want to be alone. Children get sick, not because they have to get sick, but because they feel like they can't really say what they really need to say to their parents. 
A woman says to me, you know, my kid has psoriasis. I said, well, of course your kid has psoriasis. Did you think your kid wasn't going to have psoriasis? Has your kid been able to tell you and your husband what your kid really thinks about your guy's hypocritical, um, judgmental, bringing home your work into the house, bringing home your anger with each other and think that your kid can't say, mom, dad, you guys need to work on yourselves. You're bringing so much negativity into the house. You're bombarding my energy space with all this negative frequency. I am feeling attacked every single day from the outside of your guys' dark cloud that I have to walk in every day. No, because on our planet, we're not allowed to say the truth. On our planet, if kids said that to their parents, the parents would say, you're grounded or you're going to get in trouble or who do you think you're talking to? I'm the adult. That's our biggest mistake. So our biggest mistake is we were born and raised to be, we were born to be free but we were raised to be liars. Hmm. And so we don't say what we really feel. So that's why the kid gets psoriasis because it's been affecting its immune system, affecting its parasympathetic nervous system, affecting its epidermis of all the toxicities and inflammation that's coming underneath the skin that's causing the skin to rise up and have this flakiness going on on its epidermis because we are not being honest. So everything right now, I don't need to figure out who's going to win. I just know that whoever's going to win is going to be the one that spirit chooses to keep stirring the pot for us Mm. until we come to a place of no more hiding and full collective transparency. And that's what I know. Wow. What What an interesting way to look at it. Honestly. And you're right. I mean, when you say the whole thing about how this time is taking everything up under the rug, and I feel like we're all feeling that. We're all collectively kind of, of going through this upheaval. How, you know, how do you kind of weather the storm, you know, for, for people who are feeling this this flurry of, act, of activity? Like, I feel like for me personally, over time, and going back to kind of the first thing we were saying, this overwhelm feeling where maybe we're not used to kind of facing all of these emotions head on. So you feel overwhelmed? Yeah, always. <laughs> okay, that's an easy fix. That's an easy fix. Put your hand, cover your, your left hand over your navel. Okay. Say, show me the color that removes my overwhelmed feelings. Show me the color that removes my overwhelmed feelings. Tell me the color you got. Orange. Good. Now, say, at what percentage do I need to bring that into my body? 10% up to 100%. What percentage? 30 popped up into my head. Good. Say, download orange into, my, uh, into the place of anxiety and stress and overwhelmness at 30%. Do you see what's happening to you right now? I feel like stuff is coming up, but I feel like I, I'm, almost uh-huh. feeling, I'm almost feeling the overwhelm. Is that normal? (laughs) Yeah. Tune into your body. Say download orange at 30%. Download. To clear my overwhelmingness. Download orange at 30% to clear my overwhelmingness. I feel like I'm going to need more time. (laughs) No, but do you see how your body is actually releasing the overwhelm? Like notice how you feel from when we first started. I feel like, I feel like it's almost, I feel it moving in my body but I don't necessarily yeah. feel it releasing. Okay, so then that means that you, that's, that's the color to pull it out. What we want to do, that, so it's not overwhelming that you feel then. It's something else. So let's try fear. Say, show me the color. Say, download wisdom into my fear that causes overwhelmingness. Download wisdom into my fear that causes overwhelmingness. Now what do you feel? I mean, I'm starting to feel the fear. I'm starting to think of the things that are causing me fear. How does your body feel when, you're, when it's coming up? Dark. Say, so download more wisdom into fear. Download more wisdom into fear. To dispel fear. Hmm. It's so weird because I feel like the light energy is pushing farther, but then I also feel like my skin is trapping it in. Like it doesn't want to let go of the darkness. Yeah. Now that means something there. So this is where I come in. Okay. So what that means is, and I'm going to just pull up your files for a second. 
The reason why I don't want to let go of the darkness is because I'm still angry and I haven't confronted my anger that I've been storing inside. I have a lot of disappointment with people who say they're going to do things and they don't complete things. And I've been holding that inside of myself. So right there, that's in your file. Hmm. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's take a look at something else in your file. Let me turn the pages a little bit and take a look. Ah, here it is. Okay. Um, In order for me to let this go, I have to let go of the people who put too much pressure on me and suffocated me. I have unresolved issues with my mom that need to be dealt with, and I've been stuffing it inside of my stomach for a long time. This is making it so that I don't let go of energy because I use it as an excuse so I don't have to come out of dealing with this feeling. Mm -hmm. You hear Uh, what it says in your files? Yeah. That is wild. It's crazy to me that like we're not even together and you're able to like tap into me so well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have your files in front of me. Since everything's here that the angels are writing about you. So I can just read everything that they're saying. So it just helps me understand more and more about you. I say in order for me to to let it go or to come to a place of peace, I need her to take responsibility for always dumping on me when I say I need my boundaries. Oh, so you're, so it's interesting. It says here in your files that your issues around boundaries. Hmm. It's the idea that people step over your boundaries. So you're not creating a stronghold for yourself. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Repeat after me. Ready? Mm-hmm. I am now stepping into an ocean. I am now stepping into an ocean. I can feel the waves cleansing the negativity off of me. I can feel the waves cleansing negativity off of me. There is a woman standing on the beach speaking to me. There is a woman standing on the beach speaking to me. She tells me I have to speak my truth more instead of swallow it. She's saying I have to speak my truth more than swallowing it. She's handing me now this glowing energy. This glowing energy. And as I look into it, I remember my childhood. And as I look into it, I remember my childhood. I remember wanting to say things that I needed to say and feeling like I didn't have the space to speak. I remember saying things that I wanted to say and not having the space I needed to speak. I felt the people around me wanted everything to be about them and never really checking into how I really felt. This energy has been causing me a lot of stress inside of my body and why I've been having back pains that come and go. This energy has been coming into my body and explaining why I've been having back pains. Now that I'm aware of where it comes from, I can start releasing it out of my breath right now. Now that I'm aware of where it comes from, I can start to release it from my breath right now. But before I do, I need to lift myself above the suffering of this world. But before I do, I need to lift myself above the suffering of this world. And that's what I'm doing right now. Good. Do you feel that energy inside of your body? Oh, yeah. (laughs) A lot of energy. (laughs) I'm like tearing up. Yeah, my love. And for anybody listening in the audience, because I don't, you know, I obviously, this is something I'm doing right now, but this is something that anybody can do. Mm -hmm. And can they follow that same protocol that you just gave me or was that unique to me? The part about going to the ocean and the women, that was unique to you, but the protocol of downloading and all that, that's they can follow. But one of the things that is really important for people And this is something you can do as well, too. Take your fingers, uh, your left hand, and snap five times on the side of your body. Good. Say, create an energy wave. Create an energy wave. Drop me into observation to feel it. Drop me into observation to feel it. And tell me when you feel it. I don't know if I feel it, but I feel like I see it. The same thing. Okay. Say, thank you. Say, say thank you. I, I see you. Thank you. I see you. Go stronger into my body and relax my muscles. Go stronger into my body and relax my muscles. See how that feels? Mm-hmm. Now say, bring warm energy through my body. Bring warm energy through my body. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Say, now balance my, balance my hormonal system. Balance my hormonal system. And the left and right side of my brain. 
and the left and right side of my brain. When you've completed, bring laughter and joy through my body. (laughs) This is crazy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. This is wild. Okay. For anybody listening, I because I wanna I wanna make I wanna make sure the people listening like are getting this. Like I am feeling this obviously. I actually I heard you on a podcast two years ago and you did a similar exercise with the host. And I went back and I wrote down, like I went back and I wrote down all the things you said you told her to say out loud. And I did it for myself afterwards. And it's something like I still have that piece of paper and I use it. Like it literally, I don't know how this works. I don't know why, but it, it, it does. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it does. It works. And I feel like if anybody, if you're hearing me right now, like I'm telling you, I've been sitting with pain and like right now I feel a lot better. So I want to encourage anybody who is maybe listening to this to explore this. Yeah, the thing is, we have so much technology available to us in the spirit world, but we've been lied to to not tap into it so that we can be codependent human beings on Earth. It is interesting. Go like this. Go like this. I want to show you something else. Say, open my ability to speak to the spirits. Go ahead. Open my ability to speak to the spirits. Spirit guides, are you here with me? Spirit guides, are you here with me? What did they say in your thoughts? Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Say, is it true that these powers are a natural birthright? Is it true that these powers are a natural birthright? Yes. And did the system uh, take these away from us by putting us into an institution and not showing us how to access this? Yes. Exactly. They've been programming us since we were children. Mm. Learn their words, learn their books, follow along support the system. Everything we go to school for is to support the system. If you go outside of it, you're considered you're not going to succeed. You're not going to make it. You're going to have financial problems. You're never going to have a job. Then you have to go upon a different system, the one that they create for you to, to, to take care of you. Again, all of these things are set up to make you codependent and feel depleted and, and feeling like you there's no hope for you. There is a spiritual technology that we shamans know about that connects you in such a deeper way. When people say to me, what is my purpose? I'm like, you already know your purpose. Well, how come I can't have a baby? Because you haven't looked at the reason why you don't want a baby. Why do I have cancer? Because you don't want to, there's a part of you that doesn't want to be here and there's part of you that does. That's why you're still living. So if you want to heal it, let's talk to the part that doesn't. You know, all of these things are just common sense things, but we think that they're this big spiritual like discovery, like, oh my God, we found this discovery. It's just common sense. For anybody who wants to learn to tap into that more, like learn into the tap into that birthright, like you're saying, like we all have this ability. I'm still just in shock of how just me saying those words somehow like program something into me. But for somebody who wants to get in tap in touch with these gifts, like what would you suggest? Like write us. Well, I would suggest like one, you can go to shopmyshamandirect.com. I have a shaman school where I for very little, I don't charge a lot of people a lot of money because I want people to be accessible to everyone. They can go to the shaman school and learn, like all my other students worldwide, how to access these gifts and bring them into their lives. I have teenagers, I have college students, I have mothers, I have CEOs, I have major Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, all of them learning this stuff, learning how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with stress, how to change their brain waves so that they're not going into uh, you know, a depleted mind, that they're optimizing their brain, increasing their mitochondria, accelerating their serotonin and releasing dopamine so they stay in a happy, good feeling when there's chaos around them, they're not affected. You know, and everything from balancing your hormones to you name it. Um, so you learn the techniques. You can also go to the healing temple, which I have, um, where you come in, I go through, I start reading all everyone's issues and I start doing healing on everyone in there. And then we also have a collective amount of resource on my Instagram account. All I do on my Instagram is resource, resource, resource. Yes. Giving you so much resource that 
It's like coming out of your ears, basically. <laughs> I'm going to link all of that in show notes for anybody who's interested. And also, I want to pimp out your Instagram too, because um, I've seen you do like these amazing lives on there where it's like basically like you do you do for what you just did to me to random people that are tuning into the Instagram live. And it is incredible to see. I get something out of everyone that I've watched and I want to make sure that people know about that and to check that out as well. Shaman Derek, uh, I cannot thank you enough for your time for this conversation. I loved talking with you and for just making me feel like at 100%. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure to serve you. Well, that is a wrap on our episode this week, guys. I know that one was quite the ride. I want to give a huge thank you to Shaman Durek for being on the show this week. He's doing incredible things out in the world. So I am really honored that he took an hour of his time to be on this show. I also want to thank all of you for listening. If you like this episode, let us know. You can tag us at Shaman Durek or at Big Kid Problems. You can post it on your story. You can even join the Not So Secret Facebook group if you want to chat about this episode a little bit further. I hope you guys all have a safe week, that you get out and vote, and that you remember to stay in the eye of the storm so you don't get swept up. And to leave you with a little quote this week, this one seemed fitting. Uh, It's from my homegirl, Susan B. Anthony. She said, someone struggled for your right to vote, so use it. That's all for this week, kids. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday. Okay.